All righty. Are we here? Yeah. I intentionally kind of waited a couple extra minutes to let us adjust to the, the new time. Everybody feel like they got enough sleep? No. I was telling somebody, I, we had the concert and we were, got back um, later from helping tear down, uh, which was a re- really great concert if you were here, you know that. Um, and uh, I usually remember that it's daylight savings time, totally forgot, and then the feeling of just complete depression comes over your body. And uh, I usually don't need an alarm clock, but this morning, I don't know how many people needed it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was uh, definitely notable. So anyway, um, so this morning we are going to um, kind of try to tie up some loose ends, if you will, on spiritual gifts. I want to have some time for some, some discussion, uh, uh, some questions that I know maybe are present and feel really confident to ask those questions about spiritual gifts under the premise, again, that we have been navigating through this as a church body and kind of learning together and, and wading into it. We've, we use that, that language of just wading into it and trying to discern what the Spirit's doing, trying to teach us, trying to be open, um, and, and still be biblically faithful and really discerning as a people. So uh, I have some review things for us, um, and uh, then I have a, a half sheet that I, I want to get some time to fill out, which is kind of like an inventory that we can use as we move forward to serve in different areas. But I want to pray for us, and then I want to turn to Romans 12 and just read that and kind of go through that a little bit again, and then kind of do some review, and then hopefully take some time for some questions. I know the time will go fast, uh, but let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, we do thank you for gathering us, your people today, to learn together and grow together, and thank you for this time that we have set aside um, to, to just learn more about you and specifically to learn more about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And so, Father, I pray that you would uh, teach us. I pray that our discussion would be honoring to you. I pray that, uh, that the questions we have, we would always come to you and come to the Scriptures with. And, Father, there are often many, not on just this topic, but many topics, many things that we just need wisdom in. And I pray that we would uh, just continue to run to your word, to you, for those answers. And we thank you, and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus and all God's people said. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Romans 12. We're going to go through that uh, just by way of review and kind of recentering. Um, and, and I would say uh, this about me personally. I, I've shared this with some of you. Uh, I was pretty sick. Influenza knocked on my backside last week, and so I still feel like I'm a little foggy. So if, if I start rambling and saying stuff that you're like, time out, yeah, just, just know that my thoughts are, yeah, I've had conversations with people, and i like, I don't know if I made any sense when I talked to that person. So um, are we ready to dive in based on that then? Yeah, exciting. Yeah, well, let me read Romans 12, 1 through 7. Um, and or one through eight rather, and, and just another reminder of uh, what the Bible is saying here about spiritual gifts. I'll read this together. I'll read it. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with seal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I want to just go back through this passage briefly and just uh, kind of recapture what Paul is writing here. Um, I think when it comes to spiritual gifts, we talked about this. Uh, we have to present ourselves, right, as a living sacrifice. We have to put ourselves out there, and that's our spiritual worship. And when we come together in the body of Christ, it really is our act together as a body corporately to come together in spiritual worship. But then, of course, individually, we're doing that. And that, to me, is just this idea, when we talk about spiritual gifts, am I continually walking in the Spirit? Am I continually thinking about my spiritual act of worship, like presenting myself before God all the time, a living sacrifice? And it's that moment-to-moment walking. And I really feel like this passage kind of gives us insight and understanding to spiritual gifts as you think about it, to think, man, how do I What's the, what's the goal, what's the end game of spiritual gifts, right? To use them, to follow that obedience in the biblical command. And if I'm going to do that, I have to do all this like prep work, back work to be moment to moment walking in the spirit, thinking about that. And then he goes on to say, of course, do not be conformed to the world. So thinking not worldly things. And I think about this often, even honestly, even as I watched the girls basketball game yesterday and like, you know, you watch a sporting contest, and it was a great game, and uh, we were in Brown Deer there in Lake Mills playing Martin Luther, and the intensity you can feel in the, the gym, like competition, and I thought to myself, as much as I enjoy competition, I thought, man, like our culture is so sports crazy, and then you start to think like worldview, right? You start to like put that through the gospel lens and go, like, do we like worship this too much, and do we, and, and so... It's, it's that constant, I guess, assessing in the spirit, like the things of the world. And, and, and I was kind of met with that, and I'm sure you're nodding so you understand what I'm talking about, that idea of like, don't conform to that. Don't, don't like fall into the world and get sucked into the vortex of all these things. And I think there's a balance. It doesn't mean that sports is bad and that, that we couldn't be cheering. And, but there was one father in particular that was a father of just like, going crazy and yelling at refs. And I'm thinking, man, like this is, you can see how we can lose our way in the world, right? Like really easy. And so don't be conformed to that, all those patterns. And that's uh, patterns galore. That's not just sports, but be transformed by what? The renewal of your mind that by testing. And I think this is a great, again, I think it's very key here in what Paul's writing about spiritual gifts that you may be able to discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable. When we come to spiritual gifts, you have to have a renewed mind. 
I think when you come to use spiritual gifts, when you're in corporate environments, we'll talk about that a little this morning, when you're gathered around, and, and especially when we talk about the miraculous gifts, like what, what is unsettling to us, what is uncomfortable to us, what, what do we need to test, what do we need to weigh in on, and, and how do we know in the body when we have uh, unity in the spirit, there's a peace, right? There's a peace about that. In, in the utilization of those gifts. There's not disorder. We've learned about that through the book of 1 Corinthians. Um, and so you need to test. I would say that, I, I tell that to people all the time, test everything all the time. Testing without being cynical, right? I think when you test things, there's this idea at which you can be like, ah, nothing's, nothing's true, nothing's right, nothing's good. I think you have to be really like careful in the balance of that. Um, and then you get into the spiritual gifts. So I'm just going to review, review a couple um, maybe things we've talked about by way of reminder before we, we get into some of the um, discussion. Uh, for by grace given to me, everyone among you ought not think high, more highly of himself but to think with sober judgment. I think humility is a really key component of spiritual gifts. So whatever we think we bring to the table, I think you have to have a really humble heart about that. So that's a place I would start. Um, our, these are just, I'm going to read like eight things of just reminders that um, are kind of seen in this passage here, but I think they're good to, to remind ourselves about. Um, the first one is, as we've talked about testing and discerning, um, be biblically faithful, not overcome by the experiential. So last week you guys watched, um, I think it was helpful, video on um, some of the miraculous gifts and prophecy. And I, I think the balance that we're trying to strike in our church body is how do, we, how do we worship God as emotional beings without getting so caught up in the experience, the height of a, a like almost euphoric, worshipful moment in our gatherings and still be open to the Spirit and still honor Christ biblically. See that tension there? Like how do we... I think what makes us nervous about spiritual gifts is when we think that people only utilize them for experience sake. Does that make sense? I think that's what makes us really nervous to kind of step towards like, well, those people are just really emotional and really just, it's, you know, like it's, it's not real, it's not authentic. And I think you have to guard against that, but you don't want to quench the spirit. And so that's the tension that I continue to talk about. You, you want to be in an environment where where people can praise God with, without hindrance, right? And I think we're in a culture of our very white American culture. We're very timid often to worship freely. And that doesn't mean that we just go crazy without any order. It does mean that we have to be really conscious of that. Um, we talked about this. Um, any comments about that so far? I don't want to like... Okay. Culturally, too, though, it's yeah, there's a cultural component. From what we've experienced in the past, it is a, it's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know what's funny? I just uh, I read an email this morning I got from somebody. Uh, um, the, I, okay, I, I, I didn't read the whole thing. I confess that. I don't think this person is here. Um, it was a really long email, but I glazed through it. And something that was said in there is they were just talking about my sermon on prophecy and tongues, and um, they said, made some comment like, uh, I, 
I'm uncomfortable sometimes with Baptist churches because like people say amen or things like that. And, and they said, but I wanted to say amen. And I thought even just a little cultural thing like that, sometimes in our corporate gatherings, we're so hindered where like there's moments where we feel like I want to like say amen or affirm that or not. And we just like, well, I can't say anything because I'm not supposed to say anything in church. And I think there, it's that balance, right? I think you have to be open to the things of the Spirit and be able to, like, yes, yes. I mean, but within order and control. And I think if we, we do something like that in an environment at times, people like are going to look at us like we're crazy, right? And so that is a big cultural element there. Um, but yeah, that I just, you know, as the more I think about this, I want to be a part of a church family that, that just doesn't overthink this, but is really discerning biblically, but doesn't like look at people cross-eyed like, you know, we all have the Spirit of God in us. And, and I think we have to be really like aware of that and, and open. And, and, and again, part of this, what we've talked about is our, our past experiences in church and the way we were raised, they shape us. And so however we can kind of try to break out of that mold a little bit without breaking the core doctrine of that mold. Um, second thing, a spiritual gift is any virtue by way of definition again, or gift of grace used by the Spirit. What did we say spiritual gifts were for? Building up. Strengthening the faith of others. Strengthening the faith of others. We cannot instill that enough into our being that when I bring my spiritual gift, it's for strengthening the faith of others. And I really think that's a good definition to think through. And to, to, when you come into this place, and it's not something that we think about often because it's just we're not wired towards others often. We're wired very selfishly. When I come into this place, how can I strengthen the faith of somebody else? And I think when you come in North America to church culture, it's a very like almost audience-oriented, like feed-me kind of mentality. And how often do we come in here when we're not serving in maybe a regular ministry, and we think, how can I strengthen the faith of someone else today? I mean, we're coming in here, back Romans 12 at the beginning, right? Spiritual act of worship, to just praise God for what he's done in Christ Jesus, right? We come here, we, we don't feel like that all the time. We, we feel tired, we feel confused, we feel doubtful, all these things. And we come in here to give worship to God, but also for the body, to strengthen the faith of others. And so I have to think like that when I walk into spaces, and we'll talk about that, being really cognizant of that. Like, how do I just think like that all the time? How can I strengthen the faith of others? How can I strengthen the faith of others? Key, key, key in using the spiritual gifts. And I'd say being open to what the Spirit could do. Um, This says it in Romans 12 there. Each has received a gift want to make sure that everyone knows as we've gone through this that every one of us has received a gift. So there's nobody that's not gifted, but gifts are given as apportioned by the Spirit in varying degrees, right? It says that. So according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Here's what I don't think that means. I do not believe this, and I guess you could push back on this, that your spiritual gifts are determined by your spiritual maturity. Does that make sense? I don't believe that like, the, the more mature are the, the ones that the, the gifts are all given to. I have seen people that are young in their faith probably at times demonstrate greater spiritual gifts in some ways that they pray in boldness and faith. 
um, the, the way they serve, the way that, and we know this to be true about most of us in our Christian life. We, we have a lot, when we come to Christ, if, if you know, you can remember that far back for some of us, uh, you, you kind of have just this excitement, right? And something happens along the way where we kind of get tired and a little burnt out. And, and when you meet a new believer, what do they have? They have like fire in their bones, right? And they want to serve. And, and so that's a younger believer that might like not know as much or be less mature by our standards. And yet I do not think that that means at all. Um, I think that for me, when I look at verse 3, that does, I think when we talk about praying, I think it does, um, one second there, I think it does matter the, the measure of faith that you bring in those environments, like really trusting God for. Um, again, God is sovereign, so that we, we say often doesn't mean like, if I don't have enough faith, this isn't going to happen, but I think there are people that can pray in greater, bolder faith. Think of James, right, and Elijah prayed for rain, kind of like that. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I think that um, as we get older, we have so many ambitions. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Inhibitions when you get older. When you get older and you're so afraid that oh, I can't do that. Somebody might look at me. Yeah. And when you're young, you don't have those inhibitions. Yeah. Our culture has a lot of inhibitions. Yeah. And that's, I believe, a strong thing that holds us back. It does, and it's a principle that we talk about, faith like a child, right? You, you read that in the Gospels, and you read, and you start to understand that, I think, as you get older. Like, I need to come at spiritual truths often with faith like a child. Like, I don't, I don't want to overthink this. Um, and, and really, it's an identity issue, too. Like, I, we, over time, we form our own kind of shell identity that we don't want people to think differently and I think in spiritual gifts, we think that too. Were you going to say something? To kind of just expand on that a little bit, I think what happens is we get out into the workforce. We get it's work that ruins us. Some of it. Yeah. Like, we get out into the workforce, we get out into schools, things like that, where yeah. maybe Christianity's not real popular. And in order for us to keep our jobs, maybe that's something that we're not allowed to talk about. Sure. Cultural restraint. Yeah. Addition to it. This is how we're supporting families. Yeah. Gaining education. Yeah, I, I think there is a fair amount of truth to that, and that's kind of what I talk about when we bring that attitude in the church. You kind of like put your head down and just don't get into trouble, right? That's kind of the attitude of culture. Like I can't really live freely by the power of the Spirit in an environment that is really anti-God and anti-Spirit. And so I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. You just kind of and, but it gets back to that word. That's kind of like confirmation, right? Conforming. We start to conform to the pattern of the world, and you just fall in, and then you start falling in on like how you view money and, 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 and spending and saving and the, the American dream, and you kind of just you lose your way. So I think there's... Steve, have another comment there? Yeah, I talked to my son this week, and my oldest boy, and he, he's a supervisor of some people, and his individual's having a problem. Son, now. Don't worry, that's our ministry. That's our family. Yep. And, and so, so what? What can you say or do to show that love that tipped him up uh, when he's insecure or fearful? And uh, just like chapter two, when I go there, that's a ministry. 
Yeah. They know immediately if you're a Christian or not. They know. <laughs> if you're vocal, yeah. How many times is it when they get you off to the side of yeah. Yeah, you have to view your workplace as a ministry. And then there's another thing here where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 64. How much time do I have left? What can I accomplish with that time? Yep. I can't wait to get home, but what can I do now? Yeah. And Lord, it's that movie. Yep. Are you going to use me today, the next day, and be excited about it? Yeah. That's a really... Yeah, be excited about it, and uh, I think it's easy to get caught in the pattern, the grind of life, and kind of, again, Satan uses this in our lives, depression, and bringing us down, and, and kind of squashing our purpose, and I think it's the moment-to-moment -moment, uh, living in the Spirit that way. Um, I said this, your gifts aren't determined by your spiritual maturity. The next one, um, we talked about this, the fruit of the Spirit always takes precedence over the gifts of the Spirit. I think that's why that humility is essential when we come to um, uh, humility isn't in, in the, the fruit of the Spirit list, but love and joy and peace and patience, all those things. Remember, your character traits are more important. Uh, this is by way of reminder, there are word-oriented gifts and deed-oriented gifts. So talk about the word gifts and teaching and exhortation and prophecy and wisdom and discernment often. And then we talk about a lot of just or, deed-oriented um, and serving and helps. Do you have something to say? We were talking yesterday about the spiritual gifts, and you were talking about indeed and word. Um, they were mentioning about um, uh, spiritual gifts can be given and taken. So, what, what are they? How does he take spiritual gifts? What do you What do you mean by taken? So I, I, I didn't quite uh, grasp it yesterday, but um, you know, I mean, a gift is a gift. spirit gives you the gift to bring the church into your life, right? Yeah. Take that away if, if you do this so you're not serious about it. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't know how I would answer that, like taking away, I, you know, as we've talked about spiritual gifts, the, the Spirit is giving gifts. Sometimes someone has a, a gift that goes on for a long time in their life, and so that's something that I don't think the Spirit, like, takes away, and at the same time, there might be gifts that are given and used for a season or portion. And I, yeah, and I, I don't think I would look at it as like taking away by punishment's sake. If, if, if we think of spiritual gifts as gifts of grace, grace is what? We know by the word, it's gift given with no string attached, it's unconditional. And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand the Spirit of God to like take. Now, in the Old Testament, the Spirit, uh, before it was indwelling in the lives of believers, like I think of Saul the Spirit of God can be taken off of somebody in the Old Testament. But when we are saved and come to Christ and we're sealed, Ephesians 1, with the deposit of the Holy Spirit, that's something that we can't lose. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Good. Um, uh, uh, two more things, and then kind of like a what to do in response. Um, there, know your gifts and desire to strengthen the faith of others. So I think part of what we've talked about in this class is, do I know them? So we're going to do a little inventory here in a second. Um, do I desire them? How often do I think about desiring the gifts? Kind of back to that, when I come into this space to strengthen the faith of others, am I, even as I gather for corporate worship, am I, am I desiring in my interactions with people spiritual gifts? Am I desiring 
to strengthen the faith of somebody else in that moment. Um, and then use them. I mean, how many times do we see in all the, 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 the gift texts, um, use them. Here's what God's given, use them. And so even, interesting, Mark, in that regard, I think most people have gifts that they just don't utilize rather than being taken away. It's, here's gifts, and we kind of like, ah, I don't know if I... Spirit wants to give good things, you know, wants to give good gifts to the church, wants the, the church to be built up into Christ who is the head. And so we have amazing opportunity when we come together as a body. So here's what I would say about how do we move forward in some ways. Number one, put yourself in environments to use your gifts. That means being around other members of the body of Christ as often as you can. That's why we commit ourselves to huddles and discipleship environments. That's why it's good to get together with other believers socially and just be around. It's good to bump into people and like just connect with them relationally and, and pray for them and pray with them and ask about life. Um, but you have, to, you have to make an effort for that. And here's another thing you have to make an effort for. Be around people that are different than you. That's really hard when it comes to spiritual gifts. I feel like if God's going to transform our body and spiritual gifting, we have to get outside of our comfort zone and intentionally try to have conversations and be around people that are not like us. Think about the gifts of grace given in proportion to faith and given to varying degrees and given to different people. If you're around all the people that are just like you, I think you're missing out on some things. And I know, I get it. It's hard sometimes to go towards somebody that like, I don't have a lot in common with them. But if I'm thinking in a different way, how can I strengthen the faith of that person? Maybe I have a gift that they need and it would have never been like that unless I was around them. That makes sense? Think about that in the body of Christ. A, a, a church community that grows together and deepens in love will make a conscious effort to put themselves in environments that they're just doing ministry, being open to the Spirit. Um, that, that was the other part, be open to the Spirit um, and pray, pray continually, right? And here's what I would say about praying, especially in the gifts of, we talk about gifts of healing and praying for one another in faith. Do it immediately. When you tell somebody that you're going to pray for them, just pray for them right away. That's a practice that I try to do instead of like I bump into somebody on a Sunday morning and they, they you know, share their, their life and struggle and hard and whether it be a family member or something they're walking through. And what do we usually say? I'll pray for you. Put your hand on them and just pray for them. I believe we'd be amazed at what God would do in our body if we just put our hand on somebody right away and just prayed. Yeah? You have to think about it, though, and you have to practice it. You have to make a, co like a conscious effort to say, and I, I, I'm not speaking foreign when I say this. I'm guessing that what I'm about to say is like, how many times have you felt this where you go, I sensed the Spirit saying something, but I just didn't do anything about it. That happens to us all the time, right? You can bump into anybody and you go, I kind of think when you have that moment, hold it captive, like grab it and go, all right, I'm not even going to overthink that. That's part of the inhibitions and the overthinking stuff. Like, oh, I wonder if the Spirit was telling me to like pray for that person. Yes! <laughs> Do it right away. Yeah. 
Big, Dennis is like, big arrow, big finger. Yes, you. Spirit is inside of you, moment to moment. And sometimes, well, I don't know if I'm feeling that spiritual, or I don't know if I'm like feeling really close to God. You'd be amazed at those moments. And again, we, I say it all the time. Sometimes we trust and our faith leads us to obedience. Sometimes our obedience leads us back to faith and trust. It's those moments where I just obey. God, I don't feel like this. I'm just going to do this. Be amazed what God would do. Um, John Piper said this. I think you guys watched this. I wasn't here. I was sleeping or something um, in the video last week. But he said, what did he say? Two things that he does when he prays for somebody. And I thought it was really insightful. Do you remember? Did you watch this part? Yeah. He said, I pray that their faith would be strengthened. He talked about like people that are sick when he's praying for healing for somebody and that they would be healed, right? So just pray in that way. And he said, you don't have to overthink it. You don't have to like wonder like, oh, you know, think through all the theological stuff. You just pray that their faith would be strengthened and pray that they would be healed. Um, and then here's two more things before I give this handout out. Um, ask others. How many of you have asked others to affirm your gifts? That's something that I want you guys, we were going to do that in here, but I feel like it's, an, it's something that you should probably do with people that know you better. We talked about that as elders too, just like in your huddles. Ask people to affirm your gifts. That's going to be something that you have to practically walk away from our class environment and say, I need to get with another believer and say, what gifts do you think I have? What gifts do you see developing in my life? And then the other side of that is speak that kind of affirmation to others. So if you're asking people, even today, go up to somebody today and just say, you know what? I see you use this gift in your life. That means a lot for people that don't feel useful at times in, in ministry. And so it's back to that, strengthening the faith of others. And then start serving in regular ministry using your gifts. So if you're not sure what those are, especially for young people, start serving and just being around environments where you can use your gifts. Um, I'm going to pass this out because I do want to have enough time. Maybe Landon, you could help with this. Do you mind helping? Okay. What's coming around is a half sheet um, that we kind of want to use as an inventory, and I'll, I'll kind of walk through it as it's getting handed out. Um, you'll see there's, uh, I want you to put your name, these are going to be turned back in. I want you to put your name down. I want you to put, if we don't have a current email for you, this is by way of like inventorying our church body, if you will. Um, it uh, asks if you're in a discipleship puddle. So you can put yes or no. And then it gives you space for spiritual gifts. Like some of us may know, here's my gifts. Some of us may not know. You can leave that blank if you're not quite sure. Or gifts that you think you may have. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Write those down on those three lines. If you need more and, and you have many, maybe many gifts, you can write those down. Um, and then... This is just a question I am more inclined to either lead or help, kind of fleshing out not necessarily just the leadership gift and the helps gift, but, but maybe for our knowledge of like, hey, I like doing things more in the background with people, or I, I think God has grown in me a, a leadership gift. And then based on my giftedness, I could serve in the following areas of ministry. 
You can write those down. And then based on my giftedness, I want to grow in this area of ministry. I think we sometimes forget the, that word desire, spiritual gifts, that it's okay to desire to serve in different ways um, and desire to grow in different areas. And then on the back, you'll see, here's just a bunch of ministries that um, you can be a part of. And it doesn't have the contact uh, email, but those are usually on our, our church bulletin. But it does have the people that are in charge of those ministries. One of the, the hopes of us doing the spiritual gifts um, class was that we would also have more people that plugged into the right areas of ministry. And so some of us might be serving in an area. Maybe you need to, based on your gifts and what God has revealed, maybe move away from that particular ministry into a different, more fit-for-you ministry. Um, but those are a bunch of areas that you can serve. And I would say um, most of those could be deemed as like helping, serving gifts, but um, a lot of them, like compassion ministry, and if you have the gift of mercy, see Adam about how you can be used in something they're doing with the meals. And yeah? The little littles. What do you mean the little littles? Nothing about nursery on here. There's not nursery on there? Add nursery. My apology. I don't go in there. I. That's where you get sick. Yeah. Oh, now I feel terrible. Yes. You should come and do it now, but. <laughs> Bad application. <laughs> So look through those. Take a little time here. Um, I'll give you just a couple minutes to, to concentrate on that, and then I'll try to be quiet, and then I'm going to take a couple questions. Yeah. There are some other ones on here, too. You know, the discipleship ministry. Yeah, it's not exhaustive. Yeah, so, you know, people can feel free to... Mark down other things. Yeah, some of those, um, like our discipleship ministry, uh, if you're a part of a huddle, you can grow to leadership. I guess that's why um, maybe that question of I feel more comfortable leading, uh, you know, whether you've been identified within your group, your discipleship huddle group is somebody that could lead a group of others. And, and the other part, too, is there's more that our church does in ministry that's on this list. Um, there's... This is just a list, so it's not exhaustive at all. What if you're not really 100% sure what your spiritual gifts are? Yeah, that's, I, I, think, I think that kind of to my point of being around other environments with other believers and serving in other environments. That's, that's my, I guess my first thing I would say to you is just start serving on a regular team. Somehow start serving and and that's the best way that God will kind of reveal that and grow that in your life and be in a discipleship environment with others where you can start rubbing elbows with other believers and start to think about how can I strengthen their faith and being open to the Spirit and what God... And so you're, if, if that question is for you, you're not in a rare place. It's just how do I grow into this? And that's going to be stepping towards environments where I can be open to the things of the Spirit and around other people. And as people get to know you guys better, 
then they'll be able to say, hey, I think, you know, I think I see this in you as you get to know people. That's really what comes. Does that make sense? All right, a few questions here. I'm going to, um, yep, go ahead. Did you say something? You uttered something. She's like, no, I didn't. Being threatened to write something down. <laughs> you were being threatened? Huh. Sarah, what gift would that be in you? Coercion? Manipulation? Um, I'm just, I, I want to like kind of, I can't really briefly go through these questions, but I think they are representative of um, uh, maybe many of our thoughts. Um, this is specific to tongues. How do you discover if someone in the body has the gift of interpretation? Um, I think when it comes to tongues, the, the best way I can answer this question is, um, for me, and again, I don't know if I'm going to answer this correctly, I, I think tongues is an environment of corporate worship where I think initially, if you're going to, if you have the gift of tongues, you should, as the scriptures say, pray for interpretation as well. And so I think the very person who is displaying the gift of tongues should also pray for the interpretation. But I think this is one of those moments where if, if there is an environment of worship and that happens, I think it's back to being open of the things of God and the Spirit would just give that gift in the moment. And I, so I don't know that's something that I could totally answer other than the Spirit is going to uh, deliver that. Yes? What if you're praying and all of a sudden very softly you start speaking with the tongue between you and God? That's not open to interpretation. Yeah, I think we've talked about that. There's people that speak in tongues in a prayer language. And if it doesn't warrant, remember the interpretation, the order of Scripture is that it has to have an interpretation if it's going to be for the benefit of the body. And so uh, I know people that, that have a, a they, they speak in tongues when they're praying privately, and that's not for the body, that's for you and God. And so I think they're, yeah. Um, this says, when is it appropriate to speak in tongues? I, I think that's part of that question. Like in corporate gatherings, if you're speaking in tongues in a private prayer language, if that's a gift that the Spirit has given you. Uh, I think that's a very personal thing. I think you have to, again, be discerning to not uh, disrupt the order of a corporate gathering. There are other times where believers gather, and again, this is about wading into this, being open to the things of the Spirit. And so, um, I don't Again, that's part of that, like, well, I don't know when it's appropriate. What opportunities do we give to prophecy? Um, does everybody understand kind of the gift of prophecy as we've talked about it? What that looks like? I think opportunities are as the Spirit leads for you to go to individuals when you feel it's spiritually appropriate. And if the Spirit lays on your heart to say something to somebody, I think also when we talk about corporate gatherings, like when we do prayer times together, to share what's on your heart and, and let the Spirit determine that. Questions about that? Feedback? I think, uh, you know, I used to be in a Pentecostal church, and um, I, I saw the heart of the people. My concern was, you're speaking this way, and I'm not getting it. I'm getting it. And I'm 
time I went out for, to be baptized. Immersion. <laughs> and they thought the opposite. And so they all gathered around you, you know. And oh, like, okay. I, without water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they had other thoughts. And I, I, I constantly focus on Jesus. And he is completely clear. He is not in any way um, foggy. Yep. And so when I when when I see my brothers in Christ, I love them. Yet in that area, I'm insecure because I I can't fully trust what I I'm coming across. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I think you're articulating something that happens a lot, and I think that's why we're uncomfortable about this. Um, let's just flesh this out practically. We don't have a lot of time. If you're in an environment and somebody stands up and starts speaking, or and there's just this uneasiness, that's I think the spirit giving you discernment and giving you. I just, that's not, for me, it's as, as easy as saying that I don't have a peace in my spirit about that. I don't, I don't have a, and that doesn't mean like that, like if I'm in that environment, I'm the gauge of all things true and right. But I, I don't think the spirit is, again, as, as it says in First Corinthians, God is not a God of confusion. And so he doesn't leave, if, if the body, again, if the body is being built up by spiritual gifts and you leave, more confused than you started? Is that kind of a gauge of productivity by the gifts of the Spirit? And so I think we all have moments like that where we go, I just, that did not, and I think we need to like step towards those, but we also can't fear those things happening. Sometimes people bring too much flesh and too much of themselves to the environment and not the Spirit, and like then we just don't want to even talk anymore, gather in that way. And that's not the answer either. You're going to say something? Um, I, just to qualify what I was going to say, um, I taught a Bible study on this whole issue of speaking in tongues. My wife and I will do pray privately. Paul talks about uh, being a sign to an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. It's a bad sign. You know, when you walk into a church and somebody's rattling off your tongues and there's no interpretation. Yeah. It's a bad sign. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah, it's confusing to the... Yep. It was often like that. You were real hesitant to even bring anybody to church. Yeah. Someone would blurt that out and you'd think, ugh, Usually it was the lack of a woman that, you know, did that. Yeah. But you're not supposed to, very clearly, it says in the scripture, you're not supposed to blurt out in tongues in a, a, a gathering unless there's an interpretation. Yep. So if someone just starts doing that, and they're praying over here or whatever. I mean, you think about it. Now we were coming in, all of a sudden someone starts speaking a different language. Yeah. They're going to think you're crazy. Yeah. And, that, and that's a real... Clear. You have to be. Um, and I think that's why those experiences, like, give people bad taste in their mouth about the things of the Spirit. And, and that's why the Scriptures are clear on the order. And uh, that's, for me, more an elder and leaders in the church to... Like, you, you, we would talk about that and go, well, how should people handle that? The elders really have to be active in, like, controlling, if you will, and keeping uh, control over the worship environments that way. We talk about that a lot. And so that's why our task is to um, address those things. And, and yet, if you're a believer that 
you sense something's off, you can also step towards that. You know, we also like look for other people like, I don't know, should I say something? Yeah, if you feel like that's like out of control, Harold. I think we also have to be aware of you said it's all in humility and, and truth expressing what we give. Yeah. Because there are a lot of churches that if you don't manifest some gift somehow, you look at it as less than Christian. Yeah. And that doesn't No, and that's a really good probably a good place to stop um you have you have to there's so much that we could go on and talk about you have to be humble in your own heart and i think that's when the things that are not of the spirit come out when people are prideful and arrogant i mean paul's writing that in the corinthian church right the letter is about people that are elevating themselves above others and he's saying no that's like you're void of love completely um and i think yeah you have to this is part of also being patient with one another too, right? The fruit of patience. Like how, how will I come in together knowing that part of this journey for me has been knowing that not everything is going to be perfect and there might be problems where people are like going off a little bit different direction and you're like, I'm not going to be afraid of those environments because of that one bad experience. But how can I go in with an open heart and the word of God as my guide, and trust that when the things of the Spirit are being utilized for the building of the body, there's unity and peace, always. Um, if you, I feel like if you, how many of us still have questions about spiritual gifts? Uh, that's a really dumb question. Like all of us should raise our hands. How many feel like you haven't had your question addressed? Why don't, if you have a question, you can add it to that sheet. But also you could um, maybe email me this week a question and we'll see if we get a lot that maybe we need to further discussion next week on some of these things. Uh, it is 10.04, so I have to pray for us and wrap this up. But if you could come back and put these sheets right on this spot right here when you're done after I pray, um, then we'll get on with the day in worshiping together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our time this morning. It's uh, often never enough, but there's uh, a need to continue to, to grow and move forward together. And I pray that you would give us clear discernment as a body, that you would give us wisdom as we seek to uh, have these questions resolved. Uh, and Father, there are some things that we have to just go through as, as we go and uh, be led by your Spirit in the moment. And, and be trusting um, that the Spirit will give good gifts and, and give us clear wisdom when those, uh, those moments arrive. And so, Father, help us, too, to, to engage in, in fruitful ministry here. I pray that, that all of our serving teams would have enough help, volunteers, that, that the, the body here would really desire to pour into the kingdom work here. And, uh, Father, I pray most that when we come into this space together that, and when we're gathering with believers through the week, that we would go with an attitude of how can I strengthen the faith of this other person? If that's praying for them, if that's listening with compassionate ears, if that's taking whatever time it is to get over our own busy agenda and just put ourselves out there to be used by the Spirit, I pray that we would do that. And Father, thank you for this time. I pray that our worship would be for you. Um, and that Jesus would be lifted high as we gather this morning. We pray these things in his name, and all God's people said,
Amen. Make sure you bring your sheet up to the stage here. Drop that off. Appreciate it.